0: what is up guys welcome back to another episode of red sox rundown a uh, bit of an interesting squad today we got me steven i'm joined by jordan Leandry and um eric but eric's not here yet he'll be in about 10 minutes so we're just gonna we haven't parted in a while so we're going to um dig right into it so uh first things first what are your thoughts on the series Way back in the Bronx, Uh, it was a, they won the series 2-1, all were close games. So what are your thoughts? Well, for starters, the pitching was phenomenal.
1: uh, Namely the starting pitching, you know, Hauk, Bayo, and Whitlock all pitched really well. I mean, Hauk probably had the worst outing of the three, but even still, he had his, you know, trademark dominate the first time through the order type thing. I think it's six Ks through the first nine batters. So you know, there's a lot to like from a pitching standpoint. Offense at that point still hadn't really gotten it going. It was nice to see Duvall get back in the lineup. Um, And that, that kind of seemed to help guys settle in, even though the timely hit still wasn't there. Um, But yeah, I mean, you take two out of three against a good team, even if they're depleted, you know, can't really complain too much about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think Whitlock had arguably his best start of the season in terms of stuff uh, and results. He had like, 18 whiffs I believe his slider I mean his sweeper change looked good um and he just overall looks very comfortable uh yeah as you said Hauk probably had the worst start of the three and he was still like good if you just look at the box score second time through he kind of struggled but he still kept it close even though they lost that game I think he did a good job limiting the damage um and then Bayo had um, a great outing. I think he went seven innings, two runs, uh, or one run. I can't remember.
1: It was two. It was the two run single off the second base. Oh, bag. right.
0: Yeah. I mean, aside from that, Bayo was basically flawless. He had some walks, I believe, or no, that was the second, second Sunday hit game, but, um, Bayo was basically flawless and, uh, or, I mean, I can't really complain about that series. uh, Devers homered twice. The offense was cool, uh, cold, but they were able to, um, get enough runs to support starting pitching and take out a series from the Yankees in the Bronx which is hard to do even when they're depleted um so we'll move on to the Rocky series uh we're kind of gonna fly through these series uh because we have a lot to cover so Rocky series they lost two out of three two of them were in extras uh pretty frustrating series from a like a fan standpoint uh they could have easily swept I think they should have swept starting pitching with once against good, once again good, and the offense couldn't really come through uh, when it mattered. They had opportunities to take the lead, and they couldn't, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, more of the same with the Yankees except without the results. I think the Rockies actually just played a really good series. Like, you know, it was just kind of baseball in a nutshell. Like, the really bad team like Colorado can – put together three good games. I thought even the game, the Red Sox won for the most part, Colorado played really well. They played some stellar outfield defense too. They've robbed the Red Sox repeatedly. I mean, one of the games that they lost, the Red Sox lost in extra innings. Devers hit a ball that if Nolan Jones doesn't catch is a two run home run in the bottom of the eighth. And, you know, Kenley coming in for the ninth probably would have shut it down. Um, and they, then we're talking in a completely different, you know, series outlook, but yeah, really frustrating series, especially since they faced a couple of, you know duds in connor siebold and austin gomber to only take one in that series is pretty it's pretty crappy but you know hey it's kind of kind of been you know the the, the story of the season
0: yeah i mean game one and pitched well i think he went six innings um one or two runs I can't, I can't remember and uh offense couldn't get the runs that mattered they ended up going into extra innings and uh couldn't pull it through that game was the rain out. so it was kind of weird um it and it was just frustrating uh watching them kind of collapse in the 10th uh didn't really collapse but they they could have at least tied it in the bottom after the rain delay um and then second game yeah It's kind of more of the same cutter didn't have his stuff but the offense managed to battle back and they once again lost in extras um This time it was more of like they couldn't get a stop um, when it mattered. And they tried to put up a fight in the bottom half, but ultimately ended up falling short. And then the third game they won. Whitlock, once again, great start. Um, And the offense managed to create a little separation and make it a decent, sizable win um so now moving on to the third series which is the series against minnesota uh no sorry uh second series against the yankees clean sweep um are you frozen (laughs) oh sorry about that jordan's wi-fi just crashed so we had to pause it real quick but um Back to what I was saying, uh, after the Colorado series, it was the second series against the Yankees at Fenway. They swept um, really all three games in commanding fashion. First game was that 15-5 to blowout. Uh, Justin Turner, he, I mean, he was a madman. He was a man on a mission. Um, How, unfortunately, the one downside from that game is How uh, getting hit in the face and uh, having a facial fracture, which ultimately resulted in surgery. Um, so, oh, you know, fingers crossed he's going to recover fine. Seems like that's the case. Second game, um, first game of a double header after they, a rain out, it's mainly a bullpen game. Um, Caleb Bort started, gave up two runs. And then from there it was Chris Murphy and Nick Bavetta who really led the way and let the offense do its thing. And then on Sunday night it was Bale once again, and he had not his best start uh, in terms of command. He had. Three walks, but he had eight strikeouts and managed to battle through it. So overall, great series, Um, probably the best series of the season from a really everything standpoint. Starting pitching was good. Offense was good. Didn't make too many like dumb mistakes in the field. So yeah, anything else you'd like to add?
1: Yeah, I mean, Chris Murphy in particular was incredibly impressive. And I, again, I know the Yankees lineup is without judge. But I mean, still, you know, it's Stanton, LeMahieu, Torres, like those guys can still hit. I mean, they're still dangerous hitters, even if they're struggling. I don't think Donaldson played that game, but oh, and Brizzo also like these guys, even if they're struggling, they're still dangerous and you don't want to be the guy that gets them going. So he, you know, and it was also his first taste of the rivalry and it was at Fenway, which was also his first taste of Fenway Park, and he really looked good and he's looked good in every outing that he's uh, that he's made so far at the major league level and he and even going back into triple a just since he got moved to the bullpen he's been really good so definitely um nice to see because it was starting to look like he was kind of fool's gold because he looked really good in spring training and then he just got off to a rotten start um this season so it was like almost like false hype but since he's moved to the bullpen he's been spectacular and they might have something with him there so
0: yeah i agree all right i'm gonna let eric in and we'll get his thoughts as well Hello Eric. Um, We are currently discussing the Yankee series at Fenway. Um, Jordan and I both gave our thoughts so if if you'd like to say anything you're more than welcome to or we can move on to Minnesota.
2: What about the Yankee series like how they hit or what?
0: Uh, I just gave a recap and um, Jordan just followed up. He mainly talked about Chris Murphy so I mean if there was anything from that series you'd like to talk about like Really, anything that impressed you, it's up to you.
2: Uh, I mean, serving the Yankees at Fenway is always fun. Um, <laughs> wait, who had that start? Uh, oh, yeah, Bayo, seven innings, eight strikeouts. Absolute dominance continued. He's got like a two, two, two ERA against the Yankees in his career or something crazy. Good yeah. Bayo. It was like three really quality starts.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It was... First of all, it's really nice to see a young, homegrown starter who can just, like, step in and be that guy. And uh, really, he's not scared of the Yankees, which I think is awesome. But, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Three quality starts from, um, I I guess, uh, did you mean with Bayo? Two quality
2: starts, the bullpen game. Two quality starts, the bullpen game. Uh,
0: And,
1: by the way, his ERA against the Yankees, his career is 1.44 in four Jesus,
0: 25 innings. Love that.
2: And Hulk right. only went four, but that was smart because the whole second time through the well, thing. he got. Oh no, he got in hit in the face, face of a liner. Oh yeah, shoot, I'm
0: stupid. <laughs> but <laughs> it was yeah, a while I mean, ago. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: it's been a while. So I forgot about that. All right, uh, so we're gonna move on to the Minnesota series. Um, they split, which looking back is kind of disappointing because they could have won the third game and they should won. Yeah, three one win would have been, or three one series win would have been satisfying but the first two games um was uh cutter or yeah, it was Paxton and Cutter I believe in that order and they both looked good uh, both had good starts offense did its thing i think they put up do- double digits in both games third game Whitlock didn't have his best stuff still went i believe seven innings uh four runs so he did a really good job limiting the damage like the offense come back but ultimately they could not hold off an in extra innings getting walked off in the 10th and then um the fourth game, they just didn't have it. Lost 6 nothing. Brandon Walter made his MLB debut. Did a pretty good job uh, settling in after a rough first inning. But other than that, uh, I, it was from like a fan perspective, it was a disappointing series, in my opinion. I think they could have easily won the series 3-1. But yeah, if you guys like to add anything.
2: Yeah, that extra innings game was heartbreaking. Uh, weren't there two 447-foot homers? There I were. know. I, mean, I think, yeah. Turner had a blast in game two, and Yoshida had that one he hit into the like third deck or something ridiculous. Yeah, that was fun to see him finally tapping into the power that
1: we saw in spring training.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. The the thing that was the most frustrating about that sec or that third game rather was like Caleb Ort coming in in the tenth. Mm-hmm. Just just didn't really make uh, a, a whole lot of sense. Or a... Like he burned Kenley in the ninth, which I mean, you know, hey, it is what it is, but that's not a safe situation. Like I understand. I understand tied at home because he's not going to have a safe situation at that point. But tied on the road, like I honestly would have rather had him. I would have rather had Kenley come in with the guy on second and nobody out than Caleb Ort. like, you know, he's erratic you know that he is very prone to just giving it up. And then the next day you're planning on starting Justin Garza with a guy making his MLB debut as like a, the bulk guy in like as a piggyback bulk guy, it just, it just didn't really make a whole lot of sense to go to Ort there. That was the big thing that was super frustrating for me um, in that series. Like Joe Ryan is a stud, you know, obviously it's the first shutout or complete game by a twin starter in five years, which is, you know, Kind of embarrassing for a team that had just hung 19 runs in the first two games or whatever it was. Um, but Joe Ryan's a beast. So losing that game isn't really a big deal. I kind of had chalked that up as a loss entering the series, but you had game three and it just felt like you kind of were like, okay, let's just get out of here when you put in Caleb Ort in the 10th. Yeah, that's what yeah, got to bother me.
0: I mean, and I like,
1: hadn't even, you can go, no. go Steven. No, I, I, yeah. yeah.
0: I just want to say, like, I would have rather had Ort pitch the ninth and Jansen pitch the 10th uh i mean martin had already pitched so obviously he can't pitch again but like there were some other guys who could have been used uh maybe bernard bernardino uh i don't know no bernardino pitched the game before okay so he couldn't but i mean i i still think there are other guys who could have been used and he went to someone else looking back on it i mean garza started the next game so that makes a little more sense but i just i don't ever want to see caleb Bort in a tie game in the tenth with a chance for the other team to walk it off it's just I
1: don't want that. Yeah, just and yeah, it went about, about as predictably thing. ugly oh. as it went about as ugly as you could have expected it to. Like he, the the one out he got really wasn't an out. It was kind of like wasn't a no line out. No, it was no, the, it was uh, like the, a weird, the weird bunt, like Taylor bunted. Oh yeah, he like ran over the like, bag and it he like missed, an out, like missed the base. He bag. like he like yeah. may have t- he like might have tagged him, but like it, the replay never really showed if he actually got it was just a strange play that's just a Caleb Orton in a nutshell as well yeah um, i mean and then like i said predictably it just it just did not end well
0: yeah i mean like uh i'm not sure if he's still on the roster i'm just going to check yeah joe jacks i think he could have been used. he's been he made his mlb debut in oh. the 10th inning um so i think oh yeah that's true he didn't he get the win used- no, they lost that game. Um, yeah,
1: he he pitched he pitched. Uh, he got the ground ball that Casas booted in the against the Rockies in the oh, pouring rain. Yeah. And then so after that, get, play, they were he like get the win. He, got he the did win get a against he got the the win against the Yankees because oh, yeah, he came in was. for Hauk. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. He, he came in through like three pitches in the pouring rain, and then the Umps decided that it was a good idea to bring out the tarp.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could have been used. Pavetta his been good out of bullpen and he's been used in those high leverage spots. I just don't get using Ort. Kind of just feels like a throwaway. Let's let's save the bullpen for next game type move. And I just disagree with that.
1: Yeah, cora has been yeah. pretty, pretty consistent about not wanting to chase wins, but like you're tied, you're not chasing a win at that point, you,
0: you're playing for it. You're
1: you're in a good position to win. The twins bullpen's not spectacular by any means. Their starting pitching is great, but their bullpen's not really all that special they their offense strikes out so much and like Caleb Ort just doesn't really bring anything like mm. it, it, like it's different if Caleb Ort had been on like a heater lately of like you know 7 8 straight scoreless outings or something and it's like ride the hot hand but you know he had like one or two scoreless innings that was his streak, and like I don't trust. I don't think that's enough <laughs> to build. A- that's not. That's not building enough trust Adam, uh from my end to give him the tenth with a runner at second.
2: Yeah, knowing La- Cora's like lineup creation, which you guys know I'm both ridiculously critical of. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you, the whole like oh you don't chase wins thing. If you know you're punting that final bullpen game, like that lineup was like what was it another ref's night or lead off something and you had only burned Kluber in that, like, three-inning, four-inning run, and Bernardino after Cutter in that 10-4 win game, too. You had Winkowski. You had those guys that you just could have locked down. Like, I know Winkowski didn't do good the last outing in the White Sox series, but, like, you could have locked that down. Like, you, yep. you, I know the whole, oh, you don't chase wins, but you weren't chasing anything. You had it in your hand. And you yep. somehow tied the game in the ninth inning. Like, you shouldn't have even – you shouldn't have been in it, and then like uh it was just like it was just upsetting cuz you just had it and you shouldn't have had it and then you had it and then you let it go again and it was
0: uh, it was just annoying. Yep. Yeah, uh if you guys have any more thoughts feel free to let them go or move on. Uh, I mean we'll get phase. into the
1: we'll get into the white Sox series which is kind of more of the same like all of this some of the same yeah. stuff. Yep. We'll do. Uh
0: I guess we both on construction. I guess we'll get right right into that. So the White Sox series they lost two out of three. Uh first game they won. Another bayo good bayo start. Went seven innings again. Um and then second game, uh they lost uh part, predominantly because of Josh Minkowski uh not being able to hold the lead after they regained it. Uh but also I mean they lost on a walk off Kenley pitching in the ninth after an error uh, I I used fake air quotes there um i don't really think it was an error it was hit very hard bad bad hop but
2: with the chassis yeah
1: yeah they they did change the ruling
0: on
2: no, that they away. rolled oh, it a hit they rolled oh, it a okay. hit
1: yeah I it was initially that. an error but they did change it like pretty much right after the game
0: okay so yeah they lost on a single then a stolen base then a bloop single so I mean all I have to say is second game another winnable game um uh, I, once again, I disagree with using Kenley in the ninth there. Um, I would have rather, I mean, I think Martin could have pitched. I I can't remember. I'm pretty sure he was available. Uh, it's just like, I mean, you, you got these guys who I'd rather go to in, the, in a tie game. I just don't get why he's so adamant on using Kenley in the ninth, regardless of it being a safe situation. Or not. I get it when we're down one a little bit but tie game i just i'd rather save him if we have the lead yeah i mean it's uh, it's
1: it's yeah. it's becoming a, a becoming a bizarre trend with cora like you see why you know so many people worship him because he has these games where it's like an absolute master class you know performance by him with you know all of his decisions and i mean it's in a it's in a lot of ways it, it's based on results but like I what I think back to is was it game two of the twin series when or no, maybe it was game three? I don't remember. There was a game Duran went three for three and then against the lefty, he yeah, yanked just, him. Yeah, he yanked him and p- put in Ref Snyder. And it's like, that's genius. Like, everyone's freaking out because he, he took out the guy who was three for three, but Ref Snyder kills lefties, Duran doesn't. So that's good process. And Cora just doesn't have good process consistently enough and i'm obviously not blaming him for them being only one game over 500 right now but because you know a lot of that falls on the players but there's just so many times where you kind of like
0: yeah, you really wonder it. where the what yeah thing.
1: you wonder where the logic is in certain decisions like using ort in the 10th inning of that of uh, game three against the twins going to kenley uh in a tie game in the ninth against the white Sox, and then his lineup in Game Three, like he he still dishes out punt lineups and getaway games, which is out which is absurd. I understand Dahlbeck against Tanner Banks, and then when the righty came in, bringing Casas, but like that lineup was just so bad, and they're just lack of willingness to put Arroyo at shortstop, but they'll keep putting Kike there. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me, and it and it is costing them games. Although Kike's defense isn't really killing them, hasn't really killed them lately, but. He's just not yeah. a short stub. Yeah, it's it's like Cora's
2: a great manager on a good team. Like, he makes good teams better. That 2018 team wouldn't have been 2018 without Cora. I mean, of course, they were great, but these, like, I don't want to say mid, but just, like, these teams that need that extra, like, something that's not from the players to get them over the hump, Cora just does not provide that. He manages the team like the wins will come. And this team, like, you just don't know if the wins will come. are really streaky. They really don't, like, have a consistent they'll, – they'll score 10 games and they get shut out. Like, I know they the face a good pitcher or whatever, but, like, Core just makes good teams better, and he's not great at managing these type of, like, scrap together win, middle of the line, fighting for a playoff spot type
1: teams. Yeah. yeah, the Red Sox be kind of like a Brad is, Stevens, like a Brad yeah. Stevens equivalent in baseball. Yeah, because Brad was always great at getting the most out of his players, and I don't think Cora does unless they're already like budding star caliber players. Like he got, he doesn't I think do he got much the most to out get out the Benintendi. to get the
2: young guys better.
1: Yeah, he got the most out of Benintendi. I thought, I thought, you know, he got the most out of Bogarts and Devers. You know, he still gets the most out of, but like guys like. I don't know, like Casas, I think he's kind of butchered that whole mm. situation. Oh. I mean, the whole act- Casas is playing well, but, like, I don't know. Did you guys read the athletic article
2: about Casas and his defense work? Oh, yeah, I did Cora, read that. Cora and the base umps, like, went on there and were like, not the base umps, the base coaches, and were like, oh, he's not doing what we need. It's like, what are you sharing this information for? You're just making it, this kid look bad. And you he's, he's already, already like, polarizing. unbothered. Yeah, he's unbothered as it is to all of it. It's funny because Cass is like, he's not shoving it in anyone's face. It's not like the whole like nails thing. It wasn't like he like posed with his nails out. Like this is just the boss media looking for something to just grab onto. Yeah, He wasn't like looking for attention. It just happened. So the fact you come out with that article and you're like dissing your 23-year-old first baseman who's going to be here for a long time, like
0: there's just no need. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think this is off-topic from the series, but in terms of costs, Cassis, it's like, uh, he's, like, you know, whenever he messes up, or he has a rookie mistake, uh, the comments are just coming for his head on, like, a Twitter post, and I think it's ridiculous. They're calling for Dahlbeck, who we've seen is, a, I mean, 10 times worse <laughs> than, than causes I mean, and 10 times might be um generous, too. It's just like, yeah, Dahlbeck is, uh he's what 27 28 uh he's up there there's nothing redeemable left
2: like you just you tried everything if you you didn't get it it's okay
0: yeah it's fine
2: he wasn't a top prospect like people forget that was just like he was signed as like a two way out of as uh, out of arizona he wasn't like this crazy highly touted guy he had a, a fun 2020 and he pieced it together second half 2021 but like you just, he wasn't some guy that like, he wasn't this big miss. Like people think he was, Yeah, he wasn't supposed to be that good.
1: Yeah. I felt like Chavis got less of a, like a shorter leash than Dahlbeck did. Like Chavis was ridiculous the first half of 2019. And then it was like, they were looking for every excuse to not play him after he like had officially kind of mm-hmm. tapered off. Um Yeah. The, the Dahlbeck love, like, don't get me wrong. Like I'm rooting for the guy. I hope he's able to put it together somewhere. That's probably not going to be in Boston. But, like, they gave him three years or two years, I guess, because 2020 was only, like, a few weeks. But um, yeah. they gave him two years to figure it out. Like, they didn't retain Schwarber in large part because of the faith they had in Dahlbeck. And Dahlbeck was awful out Okay. in 2022. Yeah, not bringing back Schwarber doesn't look like as much of a miss now because Casas looks like he could be a legit player. And, and Yoshida. And Yoshida, yeah. yeah. And Schwarber is you know, ass out there defensively, but like <laughs> they gave Dahlbeck plenty of opportunities and people act like he's getting robbed of playing time because he's hitting well on the, in the bandbox that is polar park. Like Franchi Cordero is Barry bonds down there. Yep. We've saw totally. it. Duran was too, for a bit too.
0: Yeah. And I just, I, I, I really cannot stand the Dahlbeck love. It just drives me crazy because Casas is twenty two, he's six years younger than Dahlbeck. he just turned twenty three. Just turned twenty three. Okay, he's twenty three, and he's so six five five six years younger than Dalbeck, and he's in the majors. It, I mean, Dalbeck, I don't know when he was drafted. Or I'll pull it up, but like it
1: was. I think it was twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. Dalbec was drafted was like fourth like round, round twenty seventeen. Yeah.
0: was
2: drafted when he was. And Stephen, so while much. you're while you're looking at that Dalbeck thing, oh sorry, you're
0: good. Yeah, you Dalbeck know. was drafted when he was 21. I know Kostas was drafted out of high school, but that just speaks to the levels of like how much better process is than Dalbeck. I think, like, I- I'm not going to say Dalbeck is bad at baseball because obviously he's not. But, like, when put on an even playing field in the major leagues, he is not a good baseball player.
1: Yeah, he's not an MLB caliber player. He's a bench bat, platoon bat, however you want to call it. He's a guy that, like, I wouldn't be surprised if like the Red Sox traded him and he was out in like I don't know just to throw at a team, if he's out in like Kansas City or Washington. Yeah. If Washington, he, you know, if he, yeah, if he had a like a he couple has like a French Wendell like second half. Yeah, he has like a couple. He or he has like an Eric Thames type year, maybe not quite mm. all star caliber, but like he hits thirty home runs. Like I wouldn't be shocked because he's got that kind of raw power, but he's not a guy that you can feel comfortable putting in your lineup every day. He's a guy that a rebuilding team takes a sh- takes a chance on, hopes he goes ballistic in the first half of the season so they could flip him for something that's, you know, a little bit more, you know, sexy to a rebuilding team, which would be obviously a prospect. But or just a young controllable player. Just yeah. anything. Like Dahlbeck's not a guy that like if the if you if your goal and, and a lot of the Red Sox fans that want Dahlbeck that are frustrated with Casas for some reason because they think April is the only month that mattered. <laughs> um, I swear, people watched the first two weeks and then just stopped watching. Like That's I'm exactly seeing,
2: like, and this is this is for like the entire thing. Like I'm seeing, like even like with my friends talking about like Brent Rooker, winning like the like AL Rookie of the Year. I'm like, this guy's in like 180 since like the end of April. There's like, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of the discourse surrounding the team and the league in general, just like everyone forming their opinion off of April, and it just does not. <laughs>
1: it's like yeah. narrative narrative start early and you know but i think the narrative with Cas actually kind of began during winter weekend when that like for that first picture of him with his painted nails went around because i just i really yeah. think it's, i really think it's that you know just when that moment happened there were the people that jumped into his corner and were like i absolutely love this man and there were the people that jumped in his corner that said i oh he I, better hit yeah oh he better hit stop to yeah. you know put a shirt on bro like just stuff like that like his routine, he can't have his own routine because he wasn't hitting in April. But the thing with him in April was he wasn't swinging the bat. Period. Like it wasn't that he was swinging and whiffing and just <laughs> awful. He wasn't swinging the bat, and then he has since May, and he's been better than Vlad Junior over that stretch. Yeah, Are you telling me he's that
2: one twenty four WRC plus since May first.
1: Like he's killing it. Like give the guy a chance. Like obviously his first base, like his defense at first base has been suspected best uh, for a lot of the season. But it's just everyone's looking for the quickest time, like the like the fastest they can to just jump down his throat. And it's like this. This dude's a rookie. If if Twitter was prevalent, when Bogarts got called up, they would have been calling for his head in Pedroia,
2: 2013. Pedroia,
1: tw- 2006 Pedroia. Yeah, Pedroia, Um, But Bogart's through 2014 had like a 670 career OPS. Bogarts through yeah. 2017 had a 101 WRC plus. People wanted to trade him for Giancarlo Stanton. I remember seeing all the all the trade packages. Mm-hmm. I, know it, I do remember that. And it's just like that was, and that was after four years. <laughs> Casas is getting four months, and people are saying that they want to trade him in a salary dump to get Sale and Story off the books. just nuts, man.
0: Yep. All right. Um. So let's... Uh, can I just go back to one thing about Cora before we switch on the next time? No problem.
1: Uh,
2: I love Rush Snyder. Rush Snyder is such a great piece. He's such a good bat against lefties. The extension is great. He's hitting 352, 170 wRC plus since May first. But you just can't bat him leadoff. I don't know what it is. But whenever you bat him, lead I think off, you can hit him splits, lead off against
0: lefties, but not righties. You
2: could, but his splits against left or his splits even against lefties when he's batting lead off dip off a cliff. He's got a 184 mm-hmm. batting seventh and he's got a 168 batting third, which is WRC plus, and it drops to 101 when he's lead off. He strikes out more. He just like his plate, his plate approach just like changes for some weird reason. He's got a woba of 339. And that's his second lowest behind batting fifth. But he's got two, two play as batting fifth. So, like, batting third, batting sixth, batting seventh,
1: even batting eighth.
2: Hell, like, he's just so much of a better hitter than he is. Leadoff. It makes no sense, but it's just how yeah. it is.
1: And yeah, they kind of use that spot in the lineup more for Duran than ref Snyder. Because it's like they want to have Duran hitting, you know, in front of Verdugo and Devers and Turner. And... That's kind of how they play it, so that way, like later on in the game, when Duran, like the game's Duran leads off, like against Minnesota, you bring in the lefty. I think it was uh, Moran that came in. They brought in Ref Snyder. He walked, and then Verdugo hit the the triple. Um, That's just kind of how they use they use that spot more for Duran than Ref Snyder, which kind of sucks for for Rob. And I agree. I love I love Rob Ref Snyder, and I have no problem with playing him against righties. But it just felt like. They kinda of hung him out to dry against Chicago in game three of that series because he they pinch hit Casas for Dahlback when the righty came in, but then they left Ref Snyder in. And like, why mm-hmm. wouldn't you go to Duran? And then they use Duran to pinch it for Caleb Hamilton, like super late in the game. When mm-hmm. like if you'd use Duran to pinch it for ref Snyder, you could use Wong, who I know has been struggling lately, but he hits righties really well. It's just it, it's it's the thing about core that gets a little weird, like the logic kind of changes for him from time to time, and that's something that gets really frustrating because it's like yep. you, you you know good process, you've done it several times over the course of you've done it many times over the course of your managerial career, and then it's just like there's these real head scratcher moves. Like again, I keep going back to Caleb Ort in the 10th inning. And then, yeah, they kind of hang Rob out to dry. I feel like he's kind of their punching bag whenever whenever a righty comes in. They're like, you know what, we'll leave Rob in, even though he's hitting 130 against
0: righties. Yep, I completely agree with you. Uh, so we're going to switch subjects and um, talk about, like, strengths and weaknesses of the team. Uh, for me, I'm going to keep it short and, like, pretty quick because I think it's kind of obvious. I think the strengths right now, like, at this very moment, are pitching, which is kind of funny. Um, like starting picking <laughs> has been solid, uh, relief. Really, the bullpen has been good. They've like lost games, I guess, because of the bullpen, but I wouldn't really put it on them. Um, and the weaknesses, um, offense, it's like really hot, cold. One game they score in 10 for or one time they score in 10 for like two games in a row, three games in a row. And then the next they're putting up two, three runs against guys. They should be scoring more against. And then also, uh, I'm gonna put Cora in the weaknesses because he does like Jordan said, make those head scratcher moves. He's inconsistent with his logic, which I think if he just like wasn't, uh, the team would be in a better spot record wise. So that's all I have to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I to your point there about Cora, like if you, for example, if in that game against the Twins if they pinch hit Ref Snyder for Duran, which they did, and and Rob strikes out doesn't get the job done. I'm not going to be mad if they end up losing the game because Rob didn't come through. That's good process. If he had left Duran in and Duran popped out to, you know, wherever, and and you lose, it's like, well, you had an opportunity to do some damage with a guy who kills lefties, and you left him the, the lefty. But that's something that he does from time to time, and that's that, that's a major weakness. The Cora's inconsistency is a weakness. I don't think Cora himself is um i agree with you that the strength of this team is the pitching and particularly lately the starting pitching has been phenomenal um even though houck has been out the i think two trips through the rotation now paxton seems like he will be able to make his next start uh but bayo has been awesome whitlock's been awesome largely besides he got roughed up a little bit against minnesota just didn't have his best stuff it happens he had a
0: classic rick Porcello start
1: yeah seven innings for very very rick Porcello, just like his idol (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he he uh, threw it back to a to a former number twenty two, um, but yeah, wasn't yeah. it like seven innings pitch, like eight hits and like two earned runs or something ridiculous? It yeah. was four earned runs. It was it really was four it, yeah, was very, was four it was a very it was a very poor sellout, and it was like six Ks, eight hits, four runs, seven innings. Though he, his pitch yeah. count was and he, got like, and he didn't walk down. anyone. Yeah, he was his pitch count was ridiculously low. Yep. Uh, for most of the game, but yeah pitching's, no pitch a yeah, pitching's strength. Yeah, pitching. Hashtag say no to walks. Uh, pitching's a strength. <laughs> core's core's inconsistency and logic is a weakness, and you know the biggest weakness is the the hot and cold offense. Timely hitting, in particular, is the probably the biggest weakness on the team. They, they've yeah. they hit solo home runs with the best of them, but you get a guy at second with one out, can't bring him in.
0: Yeah, I mean, against in game two against Chicago, Casas had that two run homer, and it felt like I mean. I was so happy because first of all, it was gave us the lead. The second of all, it was like it was timely hitting, like it gave them the lead, and we haven't seen that a lot from them lately. So it it's just like I think the offense needs to be more consistent. I don't think that's like a hot take or even like a cold one. It's just kind of a fact. Um. So yeah, yeah.
2: Timely hitting kind of sucks. Oh. Cora's lost them some games. The bullpen's been great it's just been the bullpen decisions like uh what was that game it was that Fenway. it was like game three he pinch hit reese mcguire and then uh, cora pinch hit reese mcguire in the ninth and then sent out kenley in a tie game and it was like on online on, oh it was a doubleheader. it was game two the double header who did we play
0: uh are you talking about the yankees oh uh.
2: It wasn't the Yankees. It was Game Two of a doubleheader fun oh, Fenway. The Rays. It was like a couple oh, weeks ago against the Rays. Against the Rays, where he pinch every single guy. It's like that. That is like epitome of every not misconception, but like misplay of Cora. Like in a nutshell, this whole year. Yeah. So yeah, Cora's lost some, a couple games. Uh, the starting pitching was really bad, and then it got really good, and the lineup went from mashing all the time to like pretty streaky yes it's, it's a good lineup like don't get me wrong it's a good lineup but certain players get hot and certain players get cold and it seems like it it never like clicks like for that that month in in like early may where we after that blue jays series when we had that 14 game win streak or whatever after that it felt like three light switches that were never on at the same time like if you couldn't hit you could pitch and you'd have a good bullpen, but if you couldn't pitch, you'd have a eight eight to nine loss. Like it was yep. so
0: infuriating. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I guess I'll just use that as like a segue into the next, like, topic of discussion for this uh, podcast. And that is like, like, <laughs> are, are they mid or not? And I'm going to go ahead and say they're not. I think they're an above average team who should, happens to play in the best division in baseball um i think they're better than the record shows um for sure yeah i think they have a chronic case of playing to their competition uh because when they play like the blue jays or the yankees or i mean besides the rays like any of those good above average teams they put up a good fight but when they play like the rockies or uh you know, like the Cardinals the reds. or the Red Well, the Reds are good. The
1: right pre-LE, now, but- the the pre-LE reds. Yeah, the pre-LE yeah. reds.
0: Yeah. Like the the White Sox, they just they they can't put it together. And it's just so I can see where like the the mid uh like um idea comes from, but at the same time, I think they're a- above average team because they have shown they can beat good teams. And I think if they can either like figure it out against these below average teams or uh, just kind of like start playing more consistently i think they like i think they could be fine and i i am not going to be surprised if they take two out of three from the marlins that's all i'm going to say so
1: yeah the marlins are good so there's a decent chance they'll end yeah. up actually taking two of three it's 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 insane i in one of my group chats on twitter i likened them to the pittsburgh steelers they have pittsburgh steelers syndrome where it's like they'll have the game of the year against a really good opponent and then when they face you know, like you said, mediocre teams, mediocre, mediocre pitching. It, it's just like they play down. They play down, and they let teams hang around, even in games they win. They'll let teams hang around, or they'll, or they'll just have some really ugly losses. And the the White Sox series was the epitome of that, because they let them hang around, even in the game they won. But I mean, they faced Giolito, who's at least a good pitcher, but they did just enough to end up, you know, fu- uh, keeping them. Uh, or to fight them of off, yeah, they had, they eked out a win in that one, and that's just that's kind of the, the been a microcosm of the entire season. I wouldn't say they're mid, because uh, I think mid would also have to do with the talent on the roster. I think the roster is actually pretty good, and if they were in pretty much any other division in baseball, they'd probably be five or six wins better than they are, mm-hmm. Um just because you know if, if they had if they had more games against you know the NL Central or the AL Central, they. would they'd figure out a way to beat those garbage teams. Like they're just bad teams. It's just, what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, they're not mid. They just need, they need to, they need to get their guys back. Like they need, they need their pitchers back. They need Hulk back in particular. Cause I mean, I know sale won't be back till August. They need story back. Cause they need to find a way to get these crappers out of the lineup. Like Kike, we talked for a while about him being bad at short. He just sucks. Like he's not good. Like, yeah, sure, he's a good center fielder, but his OPS is like 630. It's almost July. Like, time the clock's ticking on you, dude. Like, at some point, you gotta start producing. Like, we like we watched Bogarts for years, and until last year, he was an ass shortstop, but he hit. So nobody really talked about it until it came time for the discussion about how much was he worth in an extension. But he could hit. Kike's doing nothing. Like sure, he plays a decent center field, decent second base, but he can't hit. And when your lineup is so hot and cold, you need him to be a good hitter, and he just isn't. But there's no, there's nothing really out there to replace him with until Story comes back, unless you want to give somebody like Nico Goodrum a sh- shot. Which I mean, he hasn't really, he hasn't even been playing shortstop. Um, in Triple A, he's been playing second. So it's just they're in a tough spot. And until guys get healthy, it'll probably be a lot more you know, win four in a row, lose two, win one, lose three, and find a way to just kind of constantly be around five hundred. But I do think in the second half when guys start to get healthy, I I do think they're gonna go on a run. I think it's just gonna click when guys like Story come back. Yeah. Yeah. I they're like I know it's so old and I know everyone's like, oh like
2: one of the excuses is going to stop, but they're missing guys. Like they're not missing – I'm not talking about like Yu Chang. I'm not talking about Modesty. Like they're missing Story. They're missing Hauk. They're missing Sale. These are like – that's three of like, I don't know, six or seven of your best players. Their roster is constructed well. Like they're not mid. They're You look at the roster, like just the production they've gotten and the way that it's just built from top to bottom. They're not supposed to be mid. They play in a ridiculous division. They play down to their competition. It feels like every Boston sports teams had that play down syndrome. Like the Celtics, they played down. Like it, It's just been really weird. Yeah. I mean, look at their games against like aces, Luis Castillo, Kevin Gosman. They have murdered like ace pitching. And it's been like, it's so odd. Like, I think they've tagged Gosman twice. Now they got to Castillo in that Mariners game. Every like, uh, like, big-name starters they've had good outings against. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they're missing guys. The roster's constructed well. They hit off good teams. They beat good teams. So I wouldn't call them mid. They're just in a really bad situation. And the the roster, like, it's it's almost like that scene from Moneyball when, um, when Bean goes to the manager, Art Howe, and is like, oh, we're going to keep being bad until you play this roster how I constructed it. Like, that's, like, the perfect epitome of what's going on is that they're managed, their roster's constructed well, they're missing guys, and they're still good. It's just not handled as good as it could be, and it's been costing them games.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't have anything else to add, so uh, we can just move on to the Marlins series. Um, A little look forward, so uh, game one tomorrow night. Or, I guess tonight, tonight when people will be listening to this. So, um, yeah. Uh, game one is Alcantara versus Whitlock. Alcantara has just not been the same man as he was last year. Uh, two and six, 5.08 5. ERA. Uh, he is Alcantara after all. So I would not be completely surprised to see him have a stellar outing. Um, but I could also see us hitting him well. Um, game two is, uh, I think it's Braxton Garrett versus Gary. um mm-hmm. uh T B D. So uh I don't know who's gonna be starting that game. Um uh last time it was a bullpen game. I really don't hope they go that route. I hope they start for should be Chris or, Murphy or Murphy. Um but Garrett's a good pitcher. Um he's had a solid year three and two three point six four ERA on the year. And then game three is Luzardo versus Bayo. Um so oh. Confident in that Luzardo's a good pitcher, six and five, three point seven ERA. He is better than his numbers say. It's not; they're not bad, but I think he's still better than that. Um, so right now, I think they'll take two out of three. Um, confident tomorrow night, and I'm confident um on Thursday. Um, Wednesday's a toss up just because I don't know who's starting and Braxton's good. So yeah, uh, we'll see. Um, so, Garrett's
2: yeah. been on a heater. That's the issue.
0: Braxton Garrett, fun.
2: last seven starts, he's got a two point oh three ERA, and he's striking out everyone. Last outing, seven innings pitched, three hits, thirteen Ks, no walks. He had one run. Uh, he's which means which means really, he's going really, three
1: really innings and getting absolutely spanked at Fenway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't. It's yeah. a damn. It's a damn shame that uh that um Yuri Perez isn't pitching
0: because. Perez versus Bay would be the ultimate. Oh yeah, because we we demolish
1: him for no Perez, particular reason. Because Perez would, would yeah Perez would somehow manage to knock it out of the first inning, even though his ERA is like yeah. 1.7. It's like one point eight seven. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like. I
0: would like to point out his last five starts have been against the following offenses: Padres were good but underperforming, Royals, White Sox, National, and Pirates. So oh my he hasn't god, and the pirate game. and the
1: pirates ju- had uh just got off a ten game losing streak, so it wasn't yeah. like he they're not horrible, but they're they they were playing
0: awful. He hasn't faced the best offenses, but he's still a good pitcher. I mean, yeah. it's it, like <laughs> who knows yeah, there's
1: a, it, the Marlins? The Marlins churn out. Like they're they're bordering on like Ray's level of just churning out great pitching. Yeah, because I mean they're they in there traded, with the Guardians. Like they traded Zach Gallen. I mean, obviously they got Jazz out of it, which is you know which has worked out well for them in the end. But like they traded Zach Gallen and their pitching staff is still sick. Like it's ridiculous. And one of the better prospects, Myers, hurt right now. Max Meyer, right? And Myers hurt. They, they I mean, they had Sixto, and he's just been nothing because oh he's been my hurt God. for Sixth years. Sixto Sanchez. Like he was the, the, he was the, the hot commodity in the, the JT Romuto trade, and he's been hurt for three years.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm just not excited to watch Orias just go fucking ten for ten Eat against for, us. Yeah, but yeah,
2: yeah. It's gonna be yeah. infuriating seeing that. He 160 is, XBA single over Kike's head every single game.
1: It's gonna be great because he's it's like the perfect storm of like Bayo is the guy who gets babbipped to oh, death. Oh so, the Bayo starts it's gonna like, be my
2: hell. Oh, I <laughs>
1: swear to god, let give give a rise, give a rise to Whitlock the, too. Give These a guys rise of
2: sinkers and like pitch the contact. And we're gonna start Murphy, who's got the same type of like archetype of keep the ball low. Everything has movement, and our eyes is just kind of feast on that. Oh, this is not gonna be fun. Yeah. Why did you bring this up? I'm gonna be
0: <laughs> well. I'm gonna be is. miserable. But yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a solid series for the Sox. Like I said, they play up or down to their competition. Marlins are a good team. I would not be surprised to see them take two out of three or even sweep. Uh, but right now I'm I'm thinking two out of three from Miami, and they go to Toronto. Big series yeah. there.
1: Big, it'll be Paxton's biggest start as a Red Sox, assuming that he is going to be able to to go, which I think he is, because you think by now we would have heard if something else had popped up um, that would keep him out of that game. But that's the game to that's the game to watch. And that's probably the game of the first half uh, in particular, because if Paxton can go out and shove you know, up in up in the motherland of Canada, um, it makes me feel a lot better about. You know the outlook of this team even without Sale because Bayo's been great. Paxton seems to be c- continue running into teams that are not very good, but he's still dominating. So it's like he's doing what he's supposed to do against bad teams. It'll be interesting to see how he does against a really good team like Toronto or a really, really good offense at least um, in Toronto.
0: Yep. Anything else to add?
1: I got to find a way to get Costas more at bats. I
0: yeah. don't want him
1: hitting. I don't want him hitting sixth anymore. I think he's... I know. I'm sitting against
0: lefties.
2: He's 23. You need to pitch him against both sides so he can be yeah. an everyday player when he gets older. Stop sitting him against lefties. It's so yeah, annoying. All
0: right. So we have a little extra time. Um, a little so, home run picks. Uh, I mean, we can do that. Uh, I picked um, I picked De La Cruz to homer for Miami and Turner to homer for us. So you guys can do your homers picks, and then we can. Last probably... time I was on
2: here, I went two for two. I had Will Brennan and Cather from the Guardians
1: series. Right. Oh, I don't even remember who my picks were last time. I don't think I got either of them though. Cause I think I, oh no, it was like Verdugo and Josh Naylor or no, it was Verdugo and Josh Bell and neither of them homered. Um, My picks are going to be, is, is Solaire still freaking ridiculous? I'm going to pick yeah, Solaire. Yeah, he's been out there. Yeah. Solaire. He seems like the kind of guy that'll hit like five in the series. Um, And I, Think Casas will go yard as well. Okay.
2: Give me a Connor Wong dig blast. Uh, and I don't know. We've got we've got that bullpen game, and we're probably gonna have to use multiple lefties. I could see Garrett Cooper getting
1: one off of like a Jocks or a Murphy. Okay, like him. You feel like Duvall might hit one too. Hmm. Yeah, it feels like a Duval of a Duval series. We haven't had one at home. At home too. Yeah, Yeah.
0: might be a Duval series. All right, we still have a little extra time, so we're uh, let's just quickly cover the farm. Um, it's been on an absolute heater lately. Rafaela promotes Triple A, a whole bunch of Single A pitchers promotes to Double A. Um, and Hunter Dobbins had a great first start. I (laughs) really like him. Uh, yeah. Uh. Pitching has been good. I think that's been the main gripe with the farm, and a lot of those guys who have been drafted in the twenty twenty one draft have really taken a big step forward and um, shown up. Johan, Dobbins, etc. So yeah,
2: yeah, they're developing late. Like the the arms have been are old for their for their level, but they're pitching well, and it's they have good stuff. They've got like, good mechanics. Like if you. See clips. You watch like some of the game. You can tell that they're they're polished. It's not like like Peralta's is the only guy who's like who's got that like prospect type feel where he's so good but he just hasn't figured it out yet. Um, hitting wise, has been amazing. York found it. Uh, Meyer always has this weird two week adjustment period every time he gets called up, so I'm not worried about him in the slightest
1: um who else else? sadon has been really good since like the beginning of may he's been yeah sadon's
2: been okay he's been yeah he's they 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 basically told him to start like free swinging again and it's weird because he like kind of got back to himself they first half of the year their first half of the like season that's gone so far they kind of told him to like try and hone in a play discipline approach but just not who he is. Yeah, he doesn't walk. He strikes out twenty percent of the time. That's just gonna be who he is. And yeah, I don't think you're you're too far down the development path to teach him.
0: Yeah, I how, mean, I how don't, to
2: take walks.
0: I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I mean, he's always going to be the glove first guy mm-hmm. with elite defense at center and short, and those are two incredibly important positions. So I'll take like great defense in center and short for like a yeah. up spot. Like I'll take a GBK. A- clone who can play elite defense at two premier positions.
2: What annoys me is the people who like still think because of his swing that looks like Mookie that he's anything like Mookie. No, yeah, he's no, much closer right? to
1: like like given his plate discipline, he's like Eduardo Nunez in a yeah. sense. Like he's got some sneaky pop, but you're not gonna good sk- bad ball he's a good
2: bad ball hitter. Good he bad right ball hitters home runs. He's hitting like out of the zone fastball sliders out at his ankles. Like he's getting to balls that he shouldn't be hitting, but he's also missing a lot at those balls. That he yeah, he's
1: like hitting. Nunez offensively with JBJ defense. I mean, I'll I'll take it. Like yeah. it's like it, you get like a ten percent below average bat, fifteen percent below average bat with gold glove defense. That's still like a two win player. That's yeah, what I mean, Jackie was for years. Like
0: in a perfect world where all our top prospects, you know, hit their ceilings, you don't need him to be that elite bat. That well, he hasn't been elite, but you don't need to be a above average bat like he has been in the minors. So, like, I mean, as long as he hits like like you said, two wins elite defense, I'm more than happy with that. Because that is very valuable. And he's a good base runner. Like, that is very valuable.
2: Yeah. Um, I'll give a shout out to Nathan Hickey, who has not slowed down since he got to Portland. He is hitting the exact same as he was in high A. He's got two seventy-eight, three fifty-five OBP. All right, so he has slowed down a little bit, but he's still walking a good bit. He's striking out twenty know, percent of the time, but like that's what you want in the power guy. He's got ten home runs on a year. He's driving in runs. And he's got two stolen bases. Huh, that's funny.
0: Yeah. I, I, I like Hickey. Uh, I think he's gonna move off that catcher spot, but um Yeah. I like his battle a lot. So if only yeah. if
1: only he was a competent defender behind the plate, he'd probably be my most like my probably not counting like buyer, would probably be my favorite prospect right now. But he has a yeah. catcher that mashes. My That's favorite exciting.
2: prospect right now is Middle. Easily me Yeah, I really like him too.
1: My entry of the year was Tyler McDonough, but that has not gone well. He's got like a six. Yeah. My my end, end of the year was
2: Willier. I thought Willier was just gonna have like a ridiculous year. He's, yeah. been I mean, okay. he's been
1: okay, yeah, but he's he was he was hurt for a bit, so the kind of yeah, no. and, he's,
2: and he had a and he had a he's his like he had a gender reveal on the field yesterday. Yeah, that was at, sick. At, at that pulled us hard
1: That was so cool. But yeah, the yeah, pitching prospects, that. the pitching prospects look much more intriguing than they did entering the season. Like we looked at like like the three guys that we saw in spring training were Mata, Murphy, and Walter, and obviously two of them have made an impact at the major league level this year. Um, but it just feels like these the second wave of like basically the Heim guys that are yeah. now coming into the system like they're starting to make a little bit of noise like I don't know like even if they're not you know top 100 prospects like it really that I mean at the end of the day that really doesn't matter so much it does I guess if you're talking about trading them but like ERC Paralis look good Dobbins looks good Isaac Coffee looks good uh Brohan. drohan is going to the futures game um jeremy woo coming back. guys yeah. cj leo on the uh on portland yeah cj liu has been good he was signed by haim i think one of the, his first uh pitching signings actually in charge of the red Sox. um like they like that's that's seven pitching prospects that just rattled off obviously they're not all gonna they're gonna, not all gonna pop um but that's seven guys that you know, at least, you know, and then uh, who's that dude that freaking everyone's like, remember his name? I don't, I already forgot it. I think he... Dem- Perales? No, no. No, no, no. No. Taylor Broadway? No. Uh, let me, I'm gonna scroll. I'm gonna scroll. You You can take over. I'll find it. I
2: think um, one of the, like, the reason why we've had this, like, random explosion of late-developing starting pitchers is, do you guys remember in December and January when we heard that I'm signing like a fleet of X Drive Line employees.
0: Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, that's that's, uh, that's.
2: I'm gonna give a big piece of like the credit pie to that development signing. The reason why the Rays, the Brewers, the Guardians, the Marlins of the world are so good at developing these prospects is because they've had twenty something years of draining the swamp with their minor league employees and their development guys. Like, the Rays uh, just have a machine of these type of people that work down, and they never really get noticed, but that's how it works. And by yeah. the way,
1: it was your it was Donnie Monegro. I don't know. Don't know he, he, had a, he had a single-A debut uh, yesterday. S- five innings, two hits, no walks, 11 Ks. Um, a lot of people are starting to hype him up. Uh, Ed Hand did. Uh, has him as number five uh, prospect riser this year. um A lot of people are starting to create a little bit of buzz around him, but the- so there's eight pitching prospects that you know have at least popped enough for you to be like that's a possibility. And then like you can't really forget about Murphy, Walter, and Mata still, even though Mata looks like a
0: little bit of a he's probably a reliever, but yeah, I mean. Uh yeah, I have nothing else to add. Um sorry, that was my cat. Um besides that, I mean, uh he's been getting a lot of hype on Twitter, so I won't talk about him too much, but Roman Anthony, has been tearing up single A or high A, sorry. Um he's actually been better since he got promoted. Uh and I think that's partly in due to him getting some better pitches to hit and uh because he had bad bottom
2: he had bad bullock and um in yeah.
0: yep. Greenville,
2: which is really funny, because you normally see guys have a big struggle header hitter, hitters at least in Portland because Greenville is such a like a launch pad of a ballpark and Portland's kind of dead because they just had that twenty foot fence surrounding the entire field, mm-hmm. yeah, well, yeah, Worcester, Worcester and um and Greenville are just both like launch pads for no reason.
0: Yeah, I don't know what's going on in Worcester. The elevation isn't even that, like... I mean, it's high for Massachusetts, but it's not, like, ridiculously high. I think
2: it's just that, like... It's just the wind. And that, that, yeah, that like right-field right right center. Porch, that right-field porch is almost like Camden Yard's kind of glitchy that wind tunnel. tunnel feel. Yeah. All
0: right, well, I have nothing to add. If you guys do, feel free.
2: I'm good. I got... uh Three guys in the Futures game? No way team even has... No
1: no EL team has more than two and we've got three. So it's always fun. The Brewers That's have awesome. three too, but yeah, no other team, the AL has more than two.
0: Yep. All right. Um yeah, so I think we're gonna wrap it up. Thank you for tuning in and it was fun talking with you guys.